everybody, and welcome to another bonus episode uh, celebrating Star Wars, William Shakespeare's Jedi the Last, benefiting uh, Camp Unicorn. Uh, got another round of interviews for you this week. Uh, should be a good time. Uh, it, yeah, full disclosure, between... Uh, uh, well, I interviewed our Leia on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, uh, America, well, just... Well, if you don't know, then good for you, I guess. But yeah, so that sent everything into a tizzy. So it was scheduling got a little wall-eyed and, uh, well, we did the best we could. So thank you, everybody. And uh, please enjoy this bonus episode. Uh, Frank will be back on Friday, whatever Friday is, Friday the 15th with uh, the Marx Brothers on Night in Casablanca. But until then, please enjoy. as last time around. Hi, everybody. This is Harrison. Uh, normally, Frank Reviews is a father-son movie podcast. Um, and the grand joke is the episode Dad and I just recorded will be coming out before what we're recording right now. And we're back on the bonus episode shtick of promoting William Shakespeare's Jedi the Last, uh, a live broadcast stream event thing benefiting Camp Unicorn, and today on the show I have uh, Mel, who is going to be playing Princess Leia, uh, General Leia, we'll get into that, so hello! Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> well, thank you for joining me. Uh, so what uh, what attracted you to this project to begin with? Uh, well, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and Welcome. I was... <laughs> Thank you. I was just lurking around on Twitter and I saw this and uh, I just love to act. It's what I would like to do. So when I had the chance to be in something that's Star Wars based, I jumped right on board. No questions <laughs> asked. So <laughs> I absolutely get that. Yes. Uh, do you do you how did you um, well, let's start at the beginning. How did you get into Star Wars to begin with? Uh, well, I heard a lot of what everybody else was saying in the previous podcast and <laughs> I kind of fell I, I kind of fell into uh, my own love of Star Wars on my own. Okay. I, I was a casual fan growing up. Um, however, I never really got that exposure as a kid as uh, the other interviewees were talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, my father is a casual fan, but he forgets things very quickly. <laughs> So I was never really sat down in front of the television and shown Star Wars as a kid. Right. Um, my first Star Wars memory, as odd as this sounds, I was at a family friend's house. I had to be about five or six years old. Sure. They were watching A New Hope on, um, on the big screen TV. <laughs> and I walk in just playing with my cousin to watch Obi-Wan Kenobi die. Oh, then, no. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Uh, I oh, better not no. say. <laughs> so, um, that was my first exposure to Star Wars that as is a little just, kid. That is just bad timing all yeah. around. Oh, <laughs> my was, gosh. It was very bad. Uh, I had no idea what was going on, but I went, mm, better not say. I'm just going to go <laughs> grab my chocolate milk from the fridge and leave. Oh, God. But I, you know, with this cultural phenomenon 
after 40 years still being so ingrained in oh, our yeah. culture. Whether or not you watch it, you really do start to learn about the films, it's, whether you want to or not. And it's, it's a blessing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I remember um, many articles detailing just the number of references in The Simpsons alone. So especially if you grew up in like the 90s, that was kind of omnipresent and therefore so was Star Wars. Um, and it's it's just kind of never left the zeitgeist, no, no, like no, the re-releases in the '90s, and the prequels, and then now the sequels, and now the Mandalorian, and and just the oh god! Somebody said to me, I forget. Yeah, my partner was saying there's got to be a baby on board Baby Yoda sticker, right? And I just oh, searched it, and I found instantly like forty different designs. <laughs> um. The, the one I couldn't wrap my mind around is they had to put a bow on the Baby Yoda design's head and specify Baby Girl on board. It was like, nobody, no, nobody, needs, nobody needs this. This seems wholly unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really is. So I, I, I assume you're excited to play uh, the general in... Yes. Uh... <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Well, very. Well, what are your. <clears throat> As I choke on nothing. Oh, my God. Let's see <laughs> if I edit that out or not. It's a game we play here. Uh, <laughs> what, um, what, what, what are your thoughts about Leia in general and her role in The Last Jedi? Like, to get into it. I. Oh, I have such I have such feelings about Leia. Hmm. I. I absolutely. I absolutely adore Leia. She is my favorite female character in the entire series. Um, it's well, just uh, well up until uh, up until four or five movies in. There's only like two, so yeah, yeah. But you you know when you see her, everyone's like, oh, she's a princess. She's a young girl. You know, she's right. Like, she's and the first thing you, stress. yeah, the first thing you see her do is shoot a dudes. <laughs> exactly. Just like, that's exactly. kind of setting the, the tone. First thing, <laughs> the first thing she does is berate her brother who doesn't know yet, <laughs> nor does she. And then goes, I'm taking this into my own hands. You little babies can go off to the side. I got oh this. Oh my God. Yes. And when I saw that for the first time, I went, wow <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is something that is definitely different and it's something that i love i want to be the one to tell everybody else to go to the side <laughs> i can handle this and you know what i'm gonna kick ass doing it right so she and gets she like the title of princess which is normally associated with the whole uh disney shtick but she's very much a military leader from word go uh, oh, yeah. and, and to see her become general uh, in episode seven is just a whole other thing. Exactly. So I mean, it's, it's just great to see, honestly. <laughs> it's great. I could go on and on and on. It's great. Please, okay. this, is, this is the place to do it. I will be going on and on in a few minutes, but <laughs> I'm ahead. trying to tamper myself as best I can, and it's very difficult. Um. I'm sure, well, yeah, all right, fine. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, I'm sure you heard in the last episode my, my theories about, like, Rose and Luke as Star Wars fans. Leia is one of the more difficult characters to 
pin anything onto, because I'm sure you know this, Seven was supposed to be Han's movie, Eight was supposed to be Luke's movie, Nine was supposed to be uh, Leia's movie, but Carrie Fisher died before work even really truly started on Episode Nine. With the exception of the finished script in which Leia has a lot more to do, and they didn't run with that, but we'll get into that in a minute. So the best I have for a quote-unquote type of fan that Leia is in terms of the fandom, because we didn't get her quote-unquote movie, it's a lot more difficult, the best I have is that she is a analog for Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> this is it's this is a this is a half baked theory, so bear with me. But like, if you look at Kathleen Kennedy's IMDb, she's basically responsible for uh, my entire generation's. I don't know how old you are. I'm ascribing things to you. So, but if you're a millennial, <laughs> keep it vague, right? That's how you keep them guessing. But if you are a millennial, then Kathleen Kennedy is essentially responsible for your childhood. I'm going to pull her up. Kathleen Kennedy. Okay. Filmography. Gremlins, Young Sherlock Holmes, Back to the Future, Goonies, uh, An American Tale, Batteries Not Included, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Back to the Future Part 2, Gremlins 2. Uh, uh, it just keeps going. That's That's not even done that's that's just her executive producer category uh she's also on yeah jurassic park uh um twister congo um arachnophobia Ooh, that's a pull uh et so yeah like she she is this not a direct participant in the events but she is definitely the one at the head of things facilitating all of these things to happen. And that definitely shows in The Last Jedi, where she is actively, well, giving and having ignore, uh, orders ignored, uh, like a lot of the fan base does, but that's a whole other thing. So I, I wish I had more to go off of. Um, uh, uh, what I've been saying for a little while was um, the smartest thing to do would have just been to not make episode nine and then produce the unused script as like a, uh, uh, an audio drama or something like that and film it documentary style star, the, the star Wars that never was. And like try and get some Academy award nonsense in there. And my pitch for the voice of Leia would be Natalie Portman because she's got ties to the series, but that's, Oh, that's, uh... <laughs> again, this is all my, my whole Star Wars religious uh, nonsense coming up. And uh, it's, uh... please talk so I can Oh, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> please I'm just cover for me, please. I, I, I love this. <laughs> I love this. No, I'm, I'm just I'm just soaking this all in. I just I love hearing what Star Wars means to other people it, and it, how they interpret it it's all our own experiences we all have our own experience with uh experiences with it Mm -hmm. and it kind of helps shape us as individuals even if we're not thinking about it as someone who just blew uh most of their stimulus check 
on a uh, an Anakin Skywalker lightsaber. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The sound card was the an extra seventy bucks. I'll find out in a month or two if it was worth it. It's worth it. It's always worth it. It's always it's, worth it. I'll, I'll know it's worth it when it actually gets here. But in the three to five weeks uh, between purchase and shipment, it's it's up in the air. So, yeah. Uh, do you have a particular favorite sequence you're looking forward to as Leia? or Because oh, she's kind of oh. knocked out for a decent chunk of this flick. She is. She is. Um, uh, she's knocked out for a while which is great because i love to nap <laughs> in my free time so i can be completely messed with that it's a bit like um, david tennant's first appearance on doctor who he's just <laughs> in bed most of that episode uh um i'm really looking forward to um trying to find out how i'm going to smack poe dameron in the face <clears throat> and i am really really um I mean, all of her scenes, but hmm. I'm have, um, oh gosh, I have such a soft spot for Haldo and uh. I, I can't wait for that scene where they're talking and Leia knows that her friend is yeah. going to sacrifice yeah. herself and <laughs> they really want to delay it, but they know that they can't. And they're just having this nice little sentimental last moment oh together God. where they get to laugh and smile and, you know, just be friends and, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. I, I had the thought awesome. when I was watching the movie the last time that that might be the only scene in all of Star Wars that uh, fits the... I'm, I'm, I'm trying to suppress a burp while talking. I apologize. <laughs> oh my gosh. That suppresses... That suppresses. Okay, this sentence is getting a do-over. That scene is quite possibly the only one in all of Star Wars that passes the Bechdel test. There, I got through the sentence. Very <laughs> proud of myself. Um, but of course, the scene kicks off with him talking about Poe Dameron. So does that care? Whatever. Whatever. You get Carrie Fisher and Laura Dern in oh. these amazing, like, opera gowns uh, uh, talking about rebellion. It's the best uh, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i i really i really do wish i mean they got in extra features of books and comics and all of that but mm -hmm. i i'm really looking forward to that scene just due to the fact that leia has lost so many people in oh my life. god yes she's lost both her, her birth parents her adoptive parents mm -hmm. she lost han she lost luke she alderan pretty much she lost alderan she pretty much lost Ben. Um, and it seems that Haldo is one of the only friends she has. Oh, yeah. Really, even though she's a military woman and all these people are looking up to her and, you know, she's trying to pass on the mantle to people, Haldo is still her friend. So seeing her little moment with her friend before she loses her too. Is that the only time you see Leo with an actual friend? That's not like a a quote-unquote romantic rival between Luke and Han. Ugh, gross. Um, uh, 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 Semi-related, but uh, my dad and I saw The Empire Strikes Back at The Man in Philadelphia uh, two summers ago with the whole Philadelphia Orchestra doing the soundtrack. And when, 
when 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 Leia kisses Luke, the whole audience just went, "Ew!" It was delightful. Uh. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That still kind of gives you the heebie-jeebies a little oh. bit. <laughs> and, and and people get mad at the sequel trilogy for not having a pre-written game plan from word go for the whole trilogy, like. I think Lucas was just making it up as he went along in the 80s. Pretty sure. Um, I, exhibit A, your honor. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he had everything planned, I don't think he would go, well, these two, they're, they're related, but they don't know. So. Oh, just, yeah. Uh, well, that's, no, that's also, know. it's not the beginning <laughs> of it, but like really the... Uh, I am your father moment is the beginning of my issue with um, why is only one family allowed to have magic powers? Um, and then, of course, Leia has these powers, as evidenced in Empire, and then it gets retconned in Return of the Jedi that, oh no, she was Luke's sister. So it's all still the same magic family that's allowed to keep messing up the galaxy. Uh, <laughs> so have you... Sorry. Last Jedi. No, I was just gonna say that's why I like the Last Jedi because for 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 a second with this whole um, with this Ray Nobody thing, they were like, oh. you don't have to come from a family. Oh, I have yeah. many. You're you're cracking Ray open boy. another can you of worms if you like. Family. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, uh, I'm I'm speaking over you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I get so enthusiastic, and then I realize. This is just a white man shouting over people. This is bad optics. Not a great, not a great show. Uh, no, but in in the disused script, Duel of the Fates, uh, 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 available wherever PDFs are downloaded, uh, and actually adapted into a pretty solid audio podcast. If you search for that, it's it's well worth your time. Um, you find out that uh, uh, Kylo Ren. Uh, one of his first missions for Snoke was to kill the girl prophesied to... Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Kylo <laughs> Ren was the one who killed Rey's parents. Yeah. There's that. Okay. I take, remember that. <laughs> take that, shippers. Um, <laughs> as I said, huge shipper here. So it's... Uh, uh, <laughs> Did Leia and Holdo have something going on? I like to I pretend. Same, I right? So. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> just these, just these two incredibly classy generals in opera gowns with the most amazing hair the galaxy has ever seen. Um, I call it space hair. My my head canon is that with prolonged exposure to artificial gravity, your hair just gets buck wild. But uh, that's. I need that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> if I could rock purple curls. On a daily basis, I would, but as you can see, I prefer the low upkeep haircut. Uh, this gets shaved every Friday, needs it or not. Um, oh, man. Uh, I can't... <laughs> uh, is there anything else you wanted to touch upon? Sorry, I just recorded a long episode about Casablanca, so my brain is all over the place uh, right now. Um... No, I, I want to thank you for having me. Of course. And I really appreciate your time. And I'm sorry if I spoke over you a few times. Oh, I'm just very... Yeah, I, I'm you're the one apologizing to me. As I actively speak over... <laughs> Go, say that sentence again. 
and I'm just going to kind of eat my fist. It's fine. It's fine. It it took me like a year to figure out how to properly podcast with my dad, and suddenly I'm podcasting with not my dad, and oh, oh boy, oh boy, it's rough. Uh, (laughs) Hopefully these episodes do more good than than just prove to the world how much of a uh, a fanboy I am, which I don't really think needed. uh, Um clarification but uh yes thank you very much for coming on um is there anything you'd like to promote uh if you want to get your twitter account out there or anything like that uh just come and support the project we're benefiting a very nice trans mutual aid fund and uh we hope that we can spread awareness for people in need that really really need our help Mm -hmm. most definitely why not have a better message than hope with star wars so Please come check us out. And uh, my Twitter is Mel double underscore Bell single underscore. So that's at M-E-L underscore underscore B-E-L-L-E underscore. Just double checking my own spelling there. So we're all good. All right. Thank you so much. My my hot takes on high school literature classes are uh, uh, oh. many and uh, whenever you uh, would like. I am oh, I am 100% Well, here I to guess talk we can safely say <laughs> I can guess we safely say that we've started the interview. I'll cut out the bit earlier and we can credit <laughs> you properly. Uh, but in the meantime, this is the second introduction of Frank Reviews, what is normally a father-son expedition through pop culture. Uh, Dad is still not here right now. He'll be back later on this week um, uh, with uh, the Marx Brothers, A Night in Casablanca, because uh, he doesn't want to talk Star Wars, but I do. So right now I'm talking to uh, uh, Misha, who is uh, playing Captain Phasma in William Shakespeare's Jedi the Last, benefiting uh, Camp Unicorn, the broadcast on Twitch, on January 29th, I'll put the link in the episode notes. Okay, so let's get into it. Um, hi there. Hi. <laughs> it's been that kind of day. Uh, it's been that kind of week. This is our third attempt at doing I mean, this. Yeah, <sighs> it's been that kind of week. It's been that kind of year, yeah. apparently, so, so far. So anybody that listens to this show should probably know that uh, um, in between... Uh, Dad and I recording the episode on Casablanca in between the interview you've just heard with General Leia. um, uh, America got attacked by people that think they're Americans, but they're not. Um, I've also hilariously discovered a union version of the song Dixie, which I've been rocking out to on repeat. And it's fantastic. But... Um, so how did you get into Star Wars in general? Like, what was your background with that? Oh my goodness. I have, I have loved Star Wars 
I think the first time I saw a Star Wars movie, I was a wee bab, mm-hmm. 1986. <laughs> um, okay. All right. You've got one up old, on me. The old Disney Channel, like once upon a time, well before all the Disney Plus and all that kind of stuff, there was Ugh. a Disney Channel. And periodically, if they wanted to get you to subscribe to their premium channel through cable, they would have a free weekend. And they, <laughs> they, they it, foreshadowing everything that would eventually come with ownership of Lucasfilm, they would show. Uh, usually it was Return of the Jedi. So I kind of went That's the most family-friendly ver- one, I, I think. I saw Return of the Jedi first. Well, that's also like um, the most Muppety of the Star Wars. in love with oh. this lovely blonde man in black Gucci. <laughs> like, oh my God, I had such a crush on Luke Skywalker. It was ridiculous. Oh God, um, that's fantastic. That was where I got started, was with Return of the Jedi. That's back fair, in that's fair. Um, I don't think I've said this on one of the episodes yet, probably. I just repeat myself constantly. But yeah. um, I can very precisely pinpoint when I saw them. Like, I saw them in bits and bobs, um, mm-hmm. just in in pieces uh, uh, growing up, but it wasn't until I was seven, and I can pinpoint this exactly, it would have been uh, September of 1993, because every Friday, my family would watch a movie and get dinner together, you know, and then when we, that's what we did. And... We saw the Empire. So we saw A New Hope and Empire in one house. And then the final week, we had moved into the new house. So I can very precisely pinpoint when I fell in love with Star Wars. And I feel like seven, eight years old is like just mm-hmm. the right age to get gut punched by Star Wars. So. Well, you know, and it's interesting because when you look at certain theories of, of, of learning, mm-hmm. um, about seven years old is when you begin to sort of get this notion of good and evil, you know, St. George and the dragon, heroic mm-hmm, fairy tales. So mm-hmm. seven, eight is just right in the sweet spot. Well, for me, it was Ghostbusters and the Environmental Protection Agency, which I had to do a lot wow. of reckoning with later in life. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so you you were saying in the in the chat that you have opinions about Phasma, if you want to go ahead. Oh, very oh boy. Because, like, Phasma was one of the first pieces of, like, real iconography to come out of The right. Force Awakens um, uh, uh, um, press uh, 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 teaser the, the, stuff. The whole, yeah, the teaser the, trailer. The chrome stormtrooper with a cape. Like, come on, that's badass. Absolutely. Uh, but please, tell me your, your Phasma theories. So, you know, with, with Phasma, one of the things that I... I say this as someone who has read like a lot of the old EU stuff, like mm. the Heir to the Empire series went oh, right there God. with you. Wonderful books. But when you want a character to be impactful, mm-hmm. it has to be on the screen, not in the supplemental materials. I oh so I, truly I have had feel so many arguments with friends about this. Mm, yeah. She was, I mean, because you know, and 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 her arc ties into the into the arc that I could go on at mm. about a Finn that really got completely trashed and right. lost. The well, Stormtrooper Rebellion uh, should have happened, needed to happen. Oh, I'm so glad this is finally happening because we're going to get into it. Um, oh, I just, I, so. So, well, I, it's. I suppose I should simply, I should say 
at the outset, when it comes to uh, episode nine. Uh, you're talking, of course, about. Of it. I you're... have seen an edit of it. I have not actually seen it. I do not intend to see it. I don't need to see it. I, uh, you're, you're, you're talking, of course, you're not talking, of course, uh, you're talking, of course, the movie that never got made, Star Wars Episode Nine: Duel of the Fates, uh, written by Colin Trevorrow. I heard it was a fan edit. Uh, you know, um, very tongue-in-cheek, no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the the original version was made by fanboys. I personally call, um, made the last Jedi or whatever. The one that. The one that I heard was um, for episode for uh, for Rise of Skywalker was written and directed by Reddit. Um, exactly. Yeah, but um, so you know, I, I should say at the outset, I've not actually seen that. There you're... was an edit by mm. I think it was Ray Crisos edit. Okay. Um, where he kind of spliced a few things together, and and took a really good shot at the ending that we collectively needed with the with the reconciliation right well i mean phasma doesn't show up in it but have you read or listened to duel of the fates the uh the episode nine that was made before carrie fisher passed (laughs) because it really does fulfill that whole finn stormtrooper rebellion arc uh you know i really haven't Um, oh it's worth it to, to a sense though how do you do that Without Phasma, because now I will, maybe this is just fanon on my part. I don't sure. Know. But what I see in Phasma is sort of, in a way, she is, um, how would you put it? A reflection of Demeter, you know, mother goddess, that, that mother energy. She, because she, and I say reflection like in a negative. Oh, okay. Uh, it's okay. In that. She saw all these stormtroopers, you know, for Hux, it was like his project, you know, program from birth. Right. But the one who's doing the programming, the one who is raising them in the way that the First Order expected their children to be raised. <laughs> this, this evil master chief. Yeah. Plasma. <laughs> and so breaking away from the smothering mother. Right. You know, so, you know, and in a way that, too, that ties into a lot of the... um that Hades and Persephone, you know, where, where you're looking at, at, at Kylo and Ray's arc, you know, right. you're, you're still getting a lot of Greek mythology and, oh, yeah. and having Gwendolyn Christie and Daisy Ridley, you know, these two women with these very classical British accents, right. You know, and they're playing this. And so it's like this weird reflection where it's like that you can almost reach through and grab it. But I feel like seeing that, smothering motherhood mm-hmm. like haven't seen finn overcome that seeing him lead others out of this you know sort of mother dearest kind of situation <laughs> you know, the stormtrooper rebellion phasma being one of those primary architects and one of those responsible parties how do you have the stormtrooper rebellion without that now to be fair in the duel of the fate script it is really just a first draft so it's got a lot of mm-hmm. weird issues but as I've said before, as a as an ev- evangelist for this thing, uh, it's got very good bones, and it needs a little bit of work. Uh, for my money, the um, uh, uh, for my money, Ray's uh, climax in the story is a little Harry Potter, which needs a little bit of rework. It, well, mm. uh, specifically like the platform nine and three quarters. Uh, uh, 
uh, uh, death whatever thing, but it the bones mm. of it are fantastic. And as uh, uh, someone who loves uh, Gwendolyn Christie and Phasma, I, I think Phasma could have fitted in there. Fitted? Fit in there very well. Um, yeah, but well, I mean, so with Phasma too, like I would have liked to see to have seen something more expanded. And this is, you know, God forbid, I'm, I'm going to get canceled by God and everyone here. This is this is sort of my one sure um, quibble with Last Jedi. Okay, I think Last Jedi should have been two movies. We were trying to do too much in too short of it, like. We, we could have pulled them apart, made two movies, and enriched a lot of these arcs. I think we were trying to do too much, too fast. I mean, that's fair. I mean, um, as someone who uh, likes both uh, Bill and Ted and The Last Jedi, Bill and Ted's right. only an hour and a half. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. Last Jedi is two and a half, I want to say. Oh, God. Ugh, I have to watch the 2004 movie Van Helsing for another podcast I'm doing. And I'm like, how is that two and a half hours long? What the <laughs> hell? I'm not, I'm not particularly excited for that. But uh, uh, as you were even saying how um, Phasma, uh, uh, I don't know if you've listened to the other interviews, but like um, the whole, uh, every major character in the sequel trilogy is an analog of a type of Star Wars fan. Phasma doesn't really have that because she really is just a foil for Finn. Yes. Uh, and his arc, and that whole final exchange of rebel scum and then just falling into the fire. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. And you just get her eye in her broken helmet. Well, and so, oh, so love I'm it. curious to your take on that. Why crack the mask? I would say it, that if they kept the scene in there where it, she shot all the other troopers, have that we, makes more hmm. sense. That makes sense. Have we ever seen, uh, with the exception of obviously the clone troopers, but like stormtroopers proper uh, in four through eight, have we ever seen an actual stormtrooper take off their helmet? I think it's really just Luke and Han no. in. I, 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 I think it's just. I'm sort of casting back in, in my memory. Yeah. No, I mean, it, the unmasking or the unhelmeting that, that was Han and Luke in the original, and then, you know, Leia in her bounty hunter disguise. Right, yeah. But, like, you as know, far as that, Stormtroopers proper go, I don't think we've ever seen one with their, out their mask. And Phasma... Yeah, and that keeps mm, them faceless. Exactly. Exactly. So Phasma, that might be like a, they are human underneath this, and sometimes humans do... Really stupid things, um, <laughs> which would lead to uh, in episode nine Finn's rebellion, where he literally <laughs> he literally mugs a stormtrooper and takes off their helmet and uh, um, and basically inspires them to get names and and rebel and etc. Uh, oh God, I was showing a friend. Um, uh, 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 concept art for it, and I was just like, "We could have had it all. It could have right. been so okay. good." How many times have I said that to myself with regard uh, to anything post TLD? Oh my god! 
we could have had, I mean, there was so <laughs> much that could be done. So many mm-hmm, places mm-hmm. that we could go. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, it, again, as someone who uh, um, puts a lot of love into Star Wars and Ghostbusters and is constantly battling the extremely vocal negative fan bases of both. I've said before, I've got friends who I can't talk about these things with anymore <laughs> because of it. So, yeah. bleh, whatever. But I think that with, with Phasma, there was a lot to do because one of the things that, and, and I think to some extent it becomes like almost an illusion of personal choice to mm-hmm. sort of, so you have, you know, we, you know, Ben, Kylo, you know, mm-hmm. groomed from birth and, you know, all these sort of terrible things that happened to him with someone in your head from the time that you're tiny, you know, so we see how he kind of wound up where he was when we meet everyone right. in Awakens. Um, you know, Hux, again, you know, um, abused, mistreated, um, terrible father um, mm-hmm. with, with Phasma, you know, she in a way she's you know who she can kind of be a negative reflection of too though um with the way that she kind of came up on uh parnassus is is han that scrapping little street kid you know all right i can see it you know and and so then that almost brings up the question so say han had stayed in the imperial academy and you know continued down that path right who could he have turned out to be? You know. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. You know, so it's just, I, I like to take these characters and twist them and play with them and say, okay, but what if, what if, what if? But you have this 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 girl who becomes a young woman who she will survive. Right. She doesn't care what she has to do. She doesn't care whom she has to stab. She will survive. Right. And there is that, you know, that internal feistiness of i am worthy of survival i will live to see another day i don't deserve to die like this right yeah and i think in a way that was when she fell at the end of last jedi Mm -hmm. when she fell into the flames i'm like that is a very convenient way for her to come back you know exactly you You don't you don't see a body very (laughs) open-ended there is um let me see if i can pull it up and just show it uh, on the video chat. There is a specific piece of... Why can't I find the folder now? There is a very specific piece of uh, um, concept art of a uh, resistance soldier being executed on, and I love this, a laser guillotine. And the stormtrooper in the forefront is only shot from the back, but you do get some pretty solid uh, chrome stormtrooper vibes off of it. And for Ooh. the life of me, now I can't... Eh, there it is. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, now that I'm looking at it, I can't increase the brightness. There we go. I'm going to try and show it on... There it is. Oh, yeah. Very that's much beautiful. like... It's that's it's a silver stormtrooper oh, with a cape. Yeah, it's a yeah. cape. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they could bring Phasma back. Uh, it's Absolutely just... good. Um, you know, well, and, uh, I, and I've seen some very good uh, post TLJ fix, mm-hmm. you know, because 
I read and write a lot <laughs> of fan fiction. I, I, there's so much sand in the sandbox that we can as, just play mm, with and build as, whatever we want. As someone um, who has fallen down the uh, 10th Dr. Rose Tyler fanfic category. Yeah, no, I get that. Yes. <laughs> Me and exes and have her, had I, honestly, many conversations. <laughs> I, I do love number nine, though. Like, he's my favorite favorite, but Ten Roses. Ten was my favorite for the longest time, I'm not going to lie, but uh, uh, Capaldi just came in and, and screamed his way into my heart, so... <laughs> I, I may have ripped... Peter Capaldi often does. Yeah. I I may have ripped uh, some uh, some MP3s of just compilations of him as Malcolm Tucker just swearing, and I'm like, oh, this this is pretty good. This is good. This is I'm this is a pleasant thing to work to. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, though, I really, really the thing that I liked sort of to dance off in that direction about Capaldi's Doctor was he was just he had that same thing that nine had of just being done with it. Like, done with all <laughs> like you know, I, I can't remember the exact quote of the speech, but it's, you know, how many people are going to die in this stupid little war? And then you're going to have to come back here to the table and do what you were going to do to start with. Right. Yeah. You just talk about it. I, and so I we just skip the part where everyone dies. I, I, just talk <laughs> about it. I love how much Capaldi cares, but he's so angry about how much he cares that's i think my favorite part of the 12th that, that, that's doctor. his secret cap he's yeah. always angry <laughs> and then mark ruffalo turns into peter capaldi and punches at the leviathan i would have paid more money for <laughs> mark that ruffalo ticket whips out the sonic screwdriver <laughs> sam um, jackson shows up as capaldi is about to regenerate yeah um yeah, yeah so back on topic <laughs> As much as I could talk about Doctor Who, and oh boy, um, still ha I still haven't caught up on Jodie Whittaker. I'm I'm a little guilty about that. So I uh, haven't caught up on it, so I'm not really qualified to have an opinion. But I will say I'm not as excited as I had hoped I would be. I I've seen the first season a few times, uh, her first season a few times, and it's definitely delightful. But it has the same issues that every doctor's first season does where the writers aren't quite writing for that doctor yet they're not sure how to make this character so the, I, well the yeah. way i've heard it is a lot of there's a lot of moments where it's just like i'm the doctor hey <laughs> and it's like, we get that We're yeah here. yeah anyway. you mean like matt smith okay yeah yeah okay <laughs> oh no oh no we're gonna get it uh no we can't get into it we can't star wars nope. Star Wars, Captain Phasma. Do you have anything else that you wanted to mention? Uh, uh, well, as we, know, when it when it comes to her, um, I think that you know one of the other things I, I appreciated about her, it was when, you know, when she first shows up on the screen. I, I mean, of course, we know it's Gwendolyn Christie. Like out here, we know that, right? But, but, you know, when she first shows up and then she speaks and it's like, oh, so we're not just, this is not just a room full of men. Anymore. Right. Yeah. There, you know, which, you know, and it's maybe it's kind of weird to be like girl power, but, you know, considering who she was and what she did. And right. Yeah. Everything else, and it's but, also very specifically not like, uh, uh, uh. Uh, feminine form-fitting armor. It's, Absolutely yeah. not. I mean, 
And that was something I appreciated about the armor too. Right. Because it, in a way I didn't see it as masculinizing mm-hmm. her so much as androgenizing the whole idea, you know, that, yeah. that you know, making it less attached to, to gender, because that was something that was consistent throughout the entire original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sort of casting back in my memory really was true through the through the prequel trilogy as well you know this holding up of you know all all the evildoers are all men right yes you know and well, yeah i can see that i you know give me my delicious female villainesses <laughs> give them to me you know i and, I, and who better than six foot three uh, Brienne of Tarth. Step on me. <laughs> <laughs> I am. She could step on me, and I would thank her. I have. I have commented many times. I am only in quotes six foot two, but it's like I'd climb that mountain. That sounds pretty yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Climb every mountain. For <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a good Omens fan, so we'll. Oh, hell yes! I've literally got uh, my first tattoo was the Summoning Aww. Dark from uh, uh, Terry Pratchett's uh, Thud. So G and U Terry Pratchett, um, <laughs> uh, so much of my childhood. It is it is very depressing. Uh, uh, but my ex and I, like ten years ago, said mm-hmm. David Tennant would make a really good Crowley. It's a shame they'd never do that. And then, like when it was announced, I wanted to text her so bad. It's like mm, no, she'd murder me. She'd actually kill me. So no, well, that's know, well, it's mm. so funny though. My my mental casting now, mind you. Okay. I, I David Tennant was perfect. Mm. He was absolutely perfect. Yeah. Right. My mental casting, though, for just a, sort of a an almost more understated Crowley. Sure. Was Tom Hiddleston? I could see that. He's definitely got those vibes. At the same time, I feel like he'd just been doing he'd be doing it too many of the Loki tricks. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No. It, yeah. it was one of those. It was. I think they went the right path to oh, cast. Yeah. Whom they cast mm-hmm. and. It was actually my introduction to Michael Sheen. Oh well, there you go. I absolutely adore. I um, think I think my introduction was him playing a character named Wesley Snipes in Thirty Rock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you think of the name Wesley Snipes, you think Ponzi little British man. Why he shouldn't have that name? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's an absolute. Oh it's an absolutely beautiful, stupid, recurring character, and I I love That's it so ridiculous. much. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. So, um, villains. Yes. I, the, there's there's a reason why I go by villain the blank and why the, the Tumblr <laughs> under that name, which is also mine, is unrepentant villain loving. Mm-hmm. That's me. Uh, you know, because I I just everyone. So uh, everyone is worthy of love. Right. Everybody. Not well, just fair enough. Who are good or convenient. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> well, saving what we love. There it is again. Um, there we go. There we go. Um, oh God, I can't even. I can't even get into all that with Rose. Like she was the clarion call <laughs> of what Star Wars is, I, and look what they did to my baby. We we got into it last week with uh, our very own Rose Tico. Uh, so what? yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy, yeah. So, but yeah, no. You know, on the one hand, it's it's Phasma, and where she fits into all these archetypes, like the dark mother. You know right. that that I'm interested in her, but I'm also interested in her just from the point of view of of, of the 
uh, of the villainous being unrepentantly villainous, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. Well, on that note, uh, do you have anything that you need to promote? Your Twitter, your your whatever's, your you know, Tumblr's? I'm really bad at social media. I'm just, I'm just kind of there to occasionally make points and post goofy cat videos. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have anything in particular to promote although uh i will i would say you know everything (laughs) gestures broadly at the world around (laughs) everything being what it is right if you if you have a few bucks to spare toss it to your local food bank Mm -hmm. they know what they need give to your local food bank because so many people are hurting and when the overview is so broad like this that little stuff down you know down here at, at the bot at the very bottom mm-hmm. you know, um, all the little folks all the those who are who are hurting but it's not like making big news could really use some help fair enough all right well thank you everybody and we will see you again it's been uh, a pleasure well thank you kindly for joining me and uh we will see you all again on the 29th I can't, I, I'm my own worst enemy, is uh, the long and short of it. But hi, everybody, and welcome to uh, a bonus, another bonus episode of Frank Reviews, uh, what is normally a father-son expedition through pop culture. But right now, Frank is absent because he doesn't want to talk about this nerd crap. Uh, and uh, this is another one of our bonus episodes benefiting the uh, 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 the Camp Unicorn live read of William Shakespeare's Jedi the Last um, and today I am talking to Jacob, who is playing the Master Codebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like. I, it's 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 inescapable the James Bond references. Oh my god! I, Wait, I he even... shows up in like a white tuxedo. A white tux. Like yeah. He looks. He looks like uh, 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 he's supposed to be Sean Connery in uh, yeah. uh, "You Only Live Twice" or something like that. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's it's great. So, how did you come into Star Wars in general? Uh, how did you find this project? I see your Blu-ray of the Last Jedi in the corner there. Lovely. Oh yes. Beautiful. Um, I'm into it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I I, I I I have a pretty standard coming into Star Wars story when I was really really young. Um, my parents just they had just they were like really really busy with you know work and such. They mm-hmm. couldn't always. Uh, uh, they couldn't always sit down with me and really like, you know, be with me constantly. So they, they bought a bunch of VHS tapes. They bought a bunch, like stacks and stacks uh, and stacks of movies. Uh, film and, is a babysitter, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which eventually became, I think, my my favorite uh, uh, pastime, I think. Um, if only you could see the walls of films around me. Um, I don't but, doubt it. Yeah, I, I one of my favorites, of course, was um, the it was the gold box set of the three original trilogy films oh. with the oh, it's got like the yeah. Vader face, yep, uh, the yep, mask yep. on side the of it. the special editions. Uh, yes. They were released yep. in 
oh God, I want to say August, September 1997. And yes. the gold was the full screen editions, and the mm. silver was the widescreen. Coveted widescreen. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> I, w- I was an idiot at 12 years old and didn't understand the difference. I want to use right? the whole Right, you look at screen. the gold and you go, that's beautiful. I want the gold. And then you go, oh, no. <laughs> well, as, as I've said many times on just these bonus episodes, uh, my current uh, prized possession is my bootleg Blu-rays of the despecialized oh, editions. Oh, so, the special place in my heart that those hold. Uh, oh, the work on those... Like just even even listening to the people behind those. Oh yeah, talk about the process and like where they found the sources. Just it's oh. it's unreal. It's it's a, a lot of it's just remembering stuff, but a lot of it's like the um, the the oh my god, the laser discs from like the late eighties, yes, right? Yeah. Like something you'd never think anyone would ever bring up ever again. Like, oh yeah, yeah, the best actual release of Star Wars we have is the laser disc. Oh, man, now we're we're talking about it, so now I'm gonna renew my search on eBay. Mm-hmm, Star right. Wars laser disc. Hmm. Oh, oh, it can be yours for forty three dollars. Oh, that's seven that's bids not bad. in. It's still got it. Is, is it a it's oh, still got uh, a day left in the bidding, so that's going to... Can I sort, <laughs> right can now. I sort by buy it that. now? Let's yeah, buy it now. You might see it gone. <laughs> oh, if only I had... Like, I, I've only known... I've known many, many, many film mm-hmm. fans and film uh, people, professors, like, I, you know, film scholars. <laughs> I've only known one person who has ever owned a Laserdisc player, and it was just completely trash the the <laughs> only time i've ever seen one in person was in science class in like eighth mm. grade so we had yeah. like educational movies on a dvd the size of your torso yeah. so yeah yeah i feel that remember when movies used to come like in records <laughs> <laughs> excellent proper my my copy of the uh the lp of the uh the last jedi soundtrack is in my room so i What's my prop work? Oh, it's a it's a Terry Pratchett novel. That's hey, relevant. Okay, know. yeah, yeah. I actually I had the I had the the, the uh, vinyls up here propped up against my whiteboard, mm-hmm. um, but you know as things do, it fell on me. <laughs> so like this is all so precariously like put together. I had the. Um, I had the lightsaber hilt up there. Uh, I was like, oh, this is a smart idea. Why don't I just like keep ooh, everything? Ooh, like, ooh, ooh. Like, which uh, which version of the lightsaber is that? Where where did you acquire that one? The so Graflex. This is the Disney Parks. Ah, okay. Disney Parks. Um, not the Legacy version. I have the Legacy of Return of the Jedi Luke's. Um, but I got this because I really, really liked the fact that it came with a blade mm-hmm. and it came with a little which I'm using right now on my little Star Wars shelf uh, <laughs> to hold my PVC pipe lightsaber that I built over the quarantine. Nice. There you go. I just uh, threw down uh, probably too much money, but it was my oh. stimulus check, so whatever, never mind, on um, the Ultra Sabers version of the Graflex. Uh, and I thought, this is probably going to be my last lightsaber that I purchase. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got two already. I've got mm-hmm. just a little generic one that I bought originally. I've got the big Return of the Jedi Luke's. Um, but this one, I'm going to go all out. I got the soundboard. I got the Ultra Edge heavy grade blade. And oh, oh it's not going to be here for like another month. And I'm dying. I spent so yeah. much money on it. <laughs> it's, it's 
like i i have so much like again like with with like all the fan projects really that do work for for like props and stuff mm -hmm. um i i just the work they do the, the the quality of the work that they do if if you're gonna get a last lightsaber or if you're gonna get a lightsaber at all you, you those are the ones those are the uh, ones to, like, yeah invest yeah. in like um i not to go too deep down into the rabbit hole but like those neopixel blades where it's like it just the gorgeous um uh, ignition animations the, oh the my god yeah yeah them i've seen people with like uh have, have you seen the tron the tron sabers where it like ignites in pieces no oh, oh it's all right it's i'm gonna so, google that right now it's so cool tron um, but but yeah going back to, to to my 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 history with the franchise i i watched those movies i think i wore out um a new hope uh, because that was I wore out A New Hope, and then I wore out the last thirty minutes of Return of the Jedi because <laughs> that yeah. space battle, yeah, that space battle captured my my heart. Like, and that's that's that I think um, is where my love of Rebel pilots comes from. Mm. I have uh, I have almost every Lego set to have included a Rebel <laughs> pilot. I have an entire drawer full of little perfect orange pilots, and perfect. Uh, I got uh, the Luke Black series helmet uh, sitting oh, over very there. Very nice. Like, my Poe Black series because I'm a pilot junkie. <laughs> they, they, hey, hey! I just heard about um, Patty Jenkins directing uh, Rogue Squadron, so I am oh. into that. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta find. I gotta find a way. I'm gonna like hazmat suit my way into Anaheim. I'm gonna head up downtown Disney, and I'm gonna get myself one of those flight suits that they have. Oh man! Oh man! Well, I I I support you in that endeavor. Full full throttle yeah. there. Um, I had That's to my stimulus check. <laughs> I, uh, I am now the proud owner of basically every pre 2005 Star Wars video game on Steam. So, oh, wow. uh, one yeah. of the, oh, you, you hit them during the summer or winter sales and like yep. the 96, uh, N64 Shadows of the Empire is $2. Yeah. Right. X-Wing I, Alliance I... is $3. And I'm yep. like, I just want to fly. Dash Rendar's Outrider. That's all I want yes. out of life. <laughs> the Outrider. Oh man. Oh. I know it's not canon anymore, but Shadows of the Empire is still that hey. sweet spot for for never me. Say so never. Yeah. Never say never. Oh, man. With with what they're doing with, I mean, I don't know how how far we're gonna get into like uh, current shows and whatnot, but like with the way that they're going with uh, at least bridging expanded universe and legends. Um, or, or, or sorry, legends and current uh, uh, ancillary content. We we might we might get like a little bit of a dash render here. If, there, if you know? just, I've got my own issues with like Luke Skywalker showing up in Mandalorian and stuff like that. Do we agree on that actually? Because like I, I don't I, know. I, do we? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Go. What what am I allowed to like? What am I allowed to? Are we like full spoilers? Is it like the way I figure it? It's been over a month at this point. If you're gonna. If if you have plans to watch the show, but you're worried about spoilers, you would have done it by now. So for sure, go to town. I'll put like um, a spoilers tag on the episode notes or something. Sure. Yeah. I, I I my biggest thing, and I think I mean I agree with a lot of people online who have who've stated very similar um, opinions, is that Luke Skywalker showing up completely defeats any uh, uh, it defeats any like purpose of having Din have his moment mm. because he gets to fight with with Gideon and and 
I, I think Moff Gideon is supremely underused in that <sighs> finale. I think yeah. um, his one little fight is cute, but like, come on. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit. Moff Gideon is set up as this dude who like has he is an Imperial Science, uh, Imperial Security uh, uh, Bureau dude who has like immense knowledge about like uh, almost everything going on. Like he knows the happenings. Right. Yeah. Uh, he even says he has a line like assume I know everything. So <laughs> for him to not have a backup plan for him to not have like an escape plan, he just kind of gives up. Like I get he was goading on uh, uh, Bo-Katan with the with the dark saber. Oh yeah, like, that seems so petty for him. It re- okay, so so before Luke Skywalker even shows up, you're getting yeah. into that whole issue of oh now Bo-Katan technically should have to kill Din Djarin for yeah. the dark saber. I want to see that. Like, show me that. And then Luke Skywalker shows up and kills a bunch of droids. And it's basically, the way I say it is, what if the Darth Vader hallway sequence, but it was green? But it Uh, was green. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) color palette swap. Um, You set it up exactly, too. Like, you have the, I mean, he's going through the ship and whatnot. But when he gets to the final hallway and it's like the the, the lineup of the droids mm -hmm, turn mm -hmm. around. Yeah, exactly. It's the exact same iconography. It's, Uh, it's. So I, I appreciate odd. part of me, and I've talked about this with um, with uh, Luke on last week's bonus episode, mm-hmm. but I appreciate how we get to see Luke Skywalker actively failing. This is Luke Skywalker yeah. failing. This is him yeah. showing up, no name given, no explanation. Give me your baby. I'm going to I'm going to bugger off. I'm here for um, the kid. You trust me, right? But nah, you know what? It doesn't yeah. matter. I'm just going to... I'll give you a me. moment. Bye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no business card, no anything. Just, uh, hey, thanks. I'm glad we get to see him failing. It's yeah. not presented as a failure, certainly. No. Um, yeah. But it... Luke Skywalker at all feels wholly unnecessary and distracting to Mandalorian in general. That's it, that's a, that's the second season, I think, entirely. Oh, you know, man. not it's to just mention a series of distractions. Oh, baby girl, stop it! My cat is torturing my grandmama's cat, and uh, dude, I, I my cats were like screaming in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you on a spiritual yeah, level. Yeah, well, we're 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 saying her name repeatedly, Mandalorian. And uh, she's uh, she's she's perk up. And go, yeah, she's just over a year old. And my poor grandmom's cat is like 11 and does oh. not want to partake of anything. Uh, the um, generational divide of cats. <laughs> but um, it's also it also really bothers me how they decided to slap CGI Mark Hamill's face onto mm. another actor. We've had yeah, like 100 cool. plus years of films where a different actor will play a younger version of yeah. that character and we just accept it mm-hmm. i i'm worried that lucasfilm is really just fetishizing this technology the way they did with oh, governor right. tarkin like a few months for my birthday we watched the um uh <laughs> we watched the six star wars movies that's rogue one 77 empire return of the jedi uh, Force Awakens and uh, Last Jedi. They yep. never made any other Star Wars movies. What but, other Star Wars movies? Yeah. But the <laughs> jump, possibly the jump from CGI Tarkin to actual real Peter Cushing is 
absurd. It's truly yeah. absurd. Like, the CGI version has to do, like, a bunch of facial twitches constantly to, like, hey, look, we're doing it for real. It's like, director credit. Just, <laughs> just cool. Get a dude to do a voice and slap him in a suit, for God's sake. The sakes. guy they got wasn't even far off. Like, know, if you look yeah. at the behind the scenes, he oh looks my God. fine. It's like it Maurice. La- hair up a little bit, you yeah. know? Maurice LaMarche could have played a more convincing Governor Tarkin oh, than. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, but like, especially with Luke Skywalker, you've got for the past two years people freaking out about how much. Um, uh, Sebastian, Sebastian Stan, Stan looks yeah. like Luke, and it's like just he's on the payroll. Yeah, he works on, for you already. He's two doors down at Marvel, just yeah. like Knock. Yeah, just just like, you. They don't, were probably filming Falcon and the Winter Soldier at the same time. You don't even have to take off the robot arm. Just <laughs> extend. Just make him wear a slightly longer sleeve, and you've yeah. got it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> just cut off the green at the at the hand. Yeah, exactly. Oh. It's like, okay, instead of this AK-47, you've got a laser sword, uh, and yeah. we're done. <sighs> it, it, it's, it's actually, it, it's great that you bring that up, because I think um, a movie that does that supremely well is um, Dr. Sleep, the uh, the Shining sequel. I have not seen that. Uh, oh. What what Did they use that for uh, they, they Nicholson? Didn't, no, no, they recast. They recast everybody, Ooh. and it was great. Ooh. Well, now you've it's, sold me on that. All right, oh, yeah. Please. If if like like it's it's um it's a completely new cast. Mm-hmm. It's it, like it um I oh so they they got they got new people to do to do Jack Torrance that you know Wendy uh. Uh, like everyone is 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 recast um and and it's phenomenal and it's a fun fact about that the the person who they have playing Jack Torrance. Mm-hmm was Elliot from E.T. Really? <laughs> but he's oh my grown God. up now. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> uh, when you watch it, it's 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 something that will always be in the back of your mind. Oh, is like, it's like it's two pieces of childhood trauma coming to get me at once. E.T. and oh, The Shining. Oh, good. Like, like, Excellent. Like, if you look at him and like you're watching the movie, you don't know. Like you don't yeah, recognize yeah. it as, the, oh, that's Elliot from E.T. But like when you look at the IMDb and like I usually do, I'm like, yeah. oh my, oh my God. <laughs> that's, that's literally uh, <laughs> discovering the IMDb trivia section is probably what made me fail out of college. So, mm. yes. <laughs> <laughs> as 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 a film fan and and, and mm-hmm. screenwriter and everything it's like oh no don't dive into the rabbit hole that is the oh, IMDb no. trivia section oh no it gets worse when you discover uh tv tropes that's like oh. that's that's the uh that's the ultimate 40 tabs open on your chrome yeah, uh, that's, uh, I have to, I have to, I have to like block that website. <laughs> like, because <laughs> like, like, you know, tropes, tropes can be, tropes can be appreciated. Mm-hmm, I just think mm-hmm. that like, like, um, I, I have to do myself. Like, I have to the way that I approach the projects that I do, um, because I come from, I come from a, a film. I'm currently uh, studying film, and I'm currently working to make films nice. and, and stuff. Very, very small scale, uh, independent stuff, but. Um, I, I like to uh, study like tropes and whatnot and figure mm-hmm. out how I can put my spin on them, you know, in a sense. So um, like that is such an important resource and I'm glad that like it exists. But oh, oh my God, God yeah. I ever spent too much time on that website. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing about it is that it was born out of people talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So that's yeah, right? I love that. That's all right. You nerds. Well, the Internet is full nerds. of nuggets. Oh, dude, it's oh, great. Man. Yeah. Uh, Team Spike, by the way, uh, it's uh, Angel yeah. can piss off. 
yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, the last Jedi in general, like uh, um, you're playing the Master Codebreaker, uh, it's yes. not. It's built up to be a very big part, and then it's very much a. Oh, what am I looking at? Uh, uh, James whole... Bond collection. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dang! I, All right. I, when I did my part, when I was in, when I was doing the rehearsal, and I was uh, in the read through, uh, I had the, the book open, and I was reading my part with holding this up to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I I couldn't take part in the first uh, 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 um, rehearsals, but I I think I said in the group chat, just play the audio clips of Orson Welles and the peas outtake, and you'll get the idea. It's like why, you 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 show me how you can put stress on in July, and I'll go down on you. It's it's like oh that's <laughs> yeah. What do you mean I get to play a space Nazi? You've given me a gift. I'm gonna play it as Orson Welles. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, today's 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 read through will be in, directly inspired by the 1986 film the transformers movie <laughs> uh uh th the fact that orson welles got as large as he did and then ended his career playing a planet it just yeah it's one of my favorites it's one of I, my favorites. I introduced that film uh to my friends as the uh the the the, the transformers killed orson welles <laughs> And all my friends just look at me and they go, "What? What? What are you talking it's, about?" It's like, depressingly no, that's true. That's the movie. It was. It was a. It was a. Uh, a three-way punch between uh, uh, William Randolph Hearst, Hot Dogs, and Transformers the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a career, man! Oh, I love it. I just picked I, up. I just love being able to say to people from Citizen Kane to Transformers, Orson Welles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I completely with a straight face. I've got a stack of Blu-rays, and I'm basically threatening my partner with, "We're gonna sit down and we're gonna watch a bunch of Orson Welles." But I've got them because they like love Shakespeare, and there's yeah. he did like a whole bunch of Shakespeare stuff. So it's like, ha ha! I've hooked you in. Yeah, uh, it's it's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Was was there anything else you wanted to mention or touch upon or anything like that or? Um... Oh, yeah, actually, a couple of things. Sure. Um, not to make this a completely Mandalorian discussion. Um, what did what did you think about? Um, I mean, just a broader in a broader sense, like season two as a whole, as compared to season one, I, I'm of the opinion that that season two is the lesser season more so because it depended entirely upon um, like it, it, uh, appealing to the hardcore fans mm -hmm. you know i i watched season one with my mom and i tried to watch season two with her and she could only get so far as what is a bo katan and why do i care about, <laughs> why do I care about mandalore well you see in 2003 katie Shekhoff i had to played, avoid doing yeah, the voice yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like um, so if you watch six seasons of the clone wars like it, it makes sense well first we have to understand in 2003 the create uh, original writers of Star Trek The Next Generation wanted to make a science fiction show <laughs> touching on modern day politics, so they cast Katie Sackhoff as Starbuck in a redo of Battlestar Galactica. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Deep, deep inhale. <laughs> I, I, I must have said this like, uh, uh, like six or eight months ago on the main feed of the podcast. I forget which episode it's in, but my mom, like, screaming from off mic is, Katie Sackhoff's in Mandalorian. I'm like, I'm delighted to see her. Yeah. But at the same time, we've already got Ashoka Tano showing up. I feel like they're doing too many um, uh, 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 um, 
uh, fan service episodes. Like, don't get it twisted. I'd love to see more Ashoka Tano. I'd love to see more Katie Sackhoff in Star Wars. But, like, we could have spaced this out over a couple of more seasons. Yeah. Um, I would have rather, like, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have even wanted to see Ahsoka. Like, yeah. Know, like maybe, maybe have her be the one at the end. Like, that would have been great. Mid, her mid-season inclusion felt like really off mm, and it, and it's mm. weird too because you know you know I, I i generally like dave filoni but that episode was a strange one and i i it was at the point where i was starting to get tired of and and believe me as someone who is looking <laughs> at a copy of seven samurai uh right now i've got my criterion getting, collection in the other room yeah <laughs> my whole stack is right here it's almost all kurosawa as it, someone who loved this stuff i was getting tired of the samurai references mm, yeah like yeah. that is so overtly you know uh, uh yojimbo or um or or what you, you you get what I'm saying. Uh, Hidden you, Fortress sort of thing. Hidden yeah. Fortress, yes. Yeah. Exactly. I've got a stack of Criterion Blu-rays that I haven't cracked open yet that I'm hoping mm-hmm. to watch with my dad for the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I really want to do a one-two of Seven Samurai and The Magnificent Seven uh, just oh, back to back. That's a double feature. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But uh, uh, in the meantime, uh, we're... Uh, about to start doing the Lord of the Rings trilogy with my grandma as a special guest. Oh, 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 um, Wait, extended or regular? Oh, or no, that's the thing. Dad's never seen any of them, and my grandma, who is the reason I am a nerd, has never seen the extended editions. Um, okay. So we're going to sit down and we're going to alternate every other week. It's going to be a Lord of the Rings and then yes. a Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie just for dad. Uh, okay, yeah. he's never seen predator in there. We, he's never seen predator. Um, I'm, I'm really upset that we've already watched total recall for the podcast. Cause that's like the ideal, but, uh, should be fascinating. Uh, yeah. but yeah, that should be about everything. Unless you had anything else that you wanted to, to touch upon. I had, I had one last oh, oh, thing. One more thing. This, okay. This, okay. This had okay. bothered me the, the entire second season. So that we have these two pilots, right? These two rebel pilots, right? Um, they they show up intermittently throughout the season, and my thinking is, oh, this is building to something. This is absolutely building to a larger New Republic presence, right? At least, uh, in, maybe not in a show, but like just in general. And then the final episode happens, and they they look at the the thing and they go, an X wing has shown up. And what am I <laughs> thinking? As someone who studies, like, you know, like, storytelling. It's and, those like, two know, guys, yeah. It's those two guys with a fleet behind <laughs> them. Like, oh, they called in the cavalry, right? right? yeah. Like, New Republic Ranger Cara Dune has called in the cavalry. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, see, I was kind of hoping they would go real deep and bring in Kyle Katarn. Uh, mm. But that would have been even more off-putting than Luke Skywalker showing up yeah, with a scary that would have been, wait, I have to, I have to, what? I have to, I have to read and play I, what? I they have were to, building what? it up with dark forces so well with the dark troopers and, dark and, troopers, and, and yeah. trying to imbue stormtroopers with force uh, powers and stuff. And uh, that was the one thing I, I didn't have yeah. to explain uh, to my mom was the, the dark troopers. She was like, oh, they're robot stormtroopers. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I, was All like, right, I get that. All right. Sure. Okay, cool. But like the, the dark saber, like I had to actually sit down and be like, "All right, okay." So <laughs> my <laughs> my parents were watching the season uh, at the same time as me, just not mm-hmm. with me. So I got like the the day after an episode dropped. I'm like, "Harry, Ming Na Wen, 
is she the same character in Star Wars and Agents of Shield? And I'm, <laughs> I wish that was the case. I Are you kidding me? <laughs> if Phil oh. Coulson shows up in Star Wars, I would be the happiest little boy on Christmas morning. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I, 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 I could see Clark Gregg as a, as a bounty hunter or something. I think that would be a fun little. Fun little cameo. I feel like he would be excellent uh, 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 New Republic officer material. Just like... Oh, oh, absolutely. He he would play the bureaucrat that keeps getting in the way of Din Djarin. <laughs> yeah, like maybe, 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 you know, like, you know, speculation or whatnot. Like, like, um, like now that, now that like Luke has shown up and Kara's like, well, now I have to report this. Like Luke Skywalker yeah. just showed up. And then a whole bunch of like a squadron shows up and he's just there like... Oh, you have the dark saber, do you? I'm gonna have to log that. He's just like, like, um, just this whole process of like, yeah, yeah you're gonna have the, to fill it. The, the first episode of season three is gonna be shot entirely like the paperwork sequences in Hot Fuzz, where it's just yes. a, a extreme close-ups of a of a ballpoint pen and mug shots and <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's like Republic dudes like um, uh, uh, photocopying the dark saber for like their records. <laughs> It, with, <laughs> with tweezers putting the dark saber into a giant Ziploc baggie. Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> like someone, someone's like, "Wait, wait, Luke Skywalker was here." Oh god damn it! We have to fill out that paperwork now. He pulls <laughs> yeah. out like a whole file. That's <laughs> all classified. Like they're just like, oh, oh I man. It. I want to. I, I actually do want to see that because we get the whole like the New Republic failed because it was like so heavily a bureaucracy, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, like with, you know, the Republic and like all of these, these uh, sequential failings, I think would be really interesting to see. I just, I'm, I'm concerned that, that Disney might not want to go in that direction of like, you know, Hey, the new Republic like is completely at fault for letting these guys like the, the first order come back. Yeah. Like, well, I know, think that's like, that's the whole theme of, uh, of the last Jedi is failure and dealing with yes. that failure and reckoning with your failure. And um, after the uh, quote unquote popular reception of the last Jedi, and uh, you can see them overcorrecting in the opposite direction with JJ. Uh, one of my favorite jokes has I, been, I, um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Al, you know, the last Jedi was the final. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of Everyone my f- got there. <laughs> one of my favorite jokes, uh, I- I- circa December 2019, was um, a uh, a faked screenshot of written and directed by Reddit. Reddit, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh man, whatever. The I've got a T-shirt visible. from. I've got the T-shirt from Super Yaki that has Kelly Marie Trans credit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On it, so I-, I want the sweatshirt that says uh, 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 "written and directed by Ryan Jones." Now that's that's my issue. That's the reason that I haven't bought that shirt yet. It only says "directed by directed Ryan Johnson." By. The credit is written and directed by Super Yak. Super Yaki. Get it get right. On, get, get on it, fellas. <laughs> I do. I do want the T-shirt that says "music by John Carpenter," but that's neither here nor there. Oh. So yeah. <laughs> I, I I really do love those credits shirts. Like I think they're yeah great. right. Um, like they're they're just they're just really fun ways to be like yeah. hey I, I, I saw, really liked this person's contribution <laughs> I saw the Kelly Marie Tran one and it's like I don't think I've committed twenty bucks to anything as fast as I've done that right I I I, I when I I live quite close to to Disneyland so when okay. Galaxy's Edge opened up um, mm. 
I had just gotten like my first annual pass because I, you know, having a job as an adult now is like, oh, hey, I have money. <laughs> so um, I got an annual pass. And, and one of the first things that I, I really, really saw that I wanted that they have at Galaxy's Edge, um, because it's it's a glorified shopping mall. Like that's it's it's a beautiful land. It's well done. But it, mm -hmm. I, a lot of it like, hey, come spend your money here. I, I just um, got the talk from my mom about how the now three times pushed back trip to Disney World, which was scheduled mm -hmm. for this upcoming June, has is probably going to be getting pushed back again. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I knew it was coming, but yeah. I already had to cancel Balt my, uh, uh, Baltimore Comic Con, my precious mm -hmm. favorite local con, got pushed back last year. I've already booked my hotel for this year's Baltimore Comic Con in October. With the, with the fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> the fingers, like, so I've got an absolutely kick-ass Thor cosplay. My co-workers at my welding shop made me a full-size Mjolnir out of Dude. out of full stainless. I'll send you a picture later, but yeah, Please. it's I, um. I, Oh. And uh, in conjunction with the uh, the graph like saber, I threw extra money down on the uh, crate specific Luke outfit. Um, so I've got yeah. I've got the Jedi Master Luke, I've got the crate Luke, I've got uh, 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 Endgame Thor. I don't have the body type for any other Thor, so yeah. Um, I, I I also feel you on that. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I too. Am dad so that Thor. so that's that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Baltimore Comic Con. Like, come on, I don't even need to do my uh, Jack Burton cosplay this time around. Dude, uh, I, oh, oh, my my, my <laughs> dream outfit is a Jack Burton. I I want that. The, I, want I have that. at least five copies of the tank top because they're like fifteen bucks on Amazon and they're excellent workout shirts. So oh, for the longest, yeah. for the longest time, and I'm glad you bring this up. Big Trouble in Little China is probably one of my favorite '80s movies. Same, same, it's, same. It's bought I mean, the soundtrack, whole... rock out to it at work. Yeah. <laughs> Pork Chop Express, man. It's all it's all in the reflexes. Burn it, burn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah. So what they have it at Galaxy's Edge is the um the the Haitian smelt uh, oh, necklace. That's what I need. I need one yeah. of those, and I need a proper uh, telescoping version of the ring. Which they have. They have. Oh, it's like one hundred and thirty bucks. I was like, oh, the week before it closed. Which, by the way. My birthday was the day they were closing. Oh. So I got to spend my 21st birthday <laughs> getting drunk at the cantina the day before Disneyland closes for an entire like year. <laughs> like, who knows? And that's that's beautiful. That's what that's time. beautiful. <laughs> that's absolutely beautiful. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that that was like that was my year right there. I oh. was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll be back in a uh, we'll be back in a couple months. It'll be fine. You sure, know, we'll, just, we'll close down for a little bit, and then um... and then the world continued to be over. <laughs> Nobody can wear a friggin' mask. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you for for coming on. Uh, uh, for uh, if you want to plug wonderful. your Twitter or your whatever you have you. Yeah, um, I, I've talked. I've talked a little bit about the uh, the work that I've done. I, I have a couple of my shorts up on my YouTube channel, completely serious, um, which is a funny little joke because I'm generally quite humorous. Um, <laughs> but at any time anyone ever asks me, like, I, I, it came from. Uh, I, I generally like to, you know, per, you know, I like to pitch things that are a little crazier. So I and people always ask me, "Are you serious?" And I go completely. <laughs> so completely serious uh, on YouTube, and then uh, completely 
S-E-R underscore on Twitter. And then uh, on Instagram, you guys can find me at actual real Jake underscore because I can never actually find <laughs> what I want without an underscore. Um, I'm always like, I'm like, I'm like the, the, like you ever have that username you really, really want, but oh, yeah. already taken. So you put like a one. That's, that's me. Fair enough. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show. And uh, again, everybody that is uh, going to be live streamed on Twitch on January. Bad time to get the hiccups. (laughs) January 29th. Uh, 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 William Shakespeare's Jedi the Last benefiting Camp Unicorn. Please, please, please give us all your money and listen to us all the time. That's all we ask. 